Howdy, partner. From Dallas, Texas. Here is a audio I've been meaning to put up for a while. My crazy travel schedule has prevented me from doing so. This is my eighth state in May. Let's see if we can go through them. Nevada, California, Arizona, Washington, Pennsylvania, New York, Illinois, Texas. I was just at Childerberg Festival. Thank you, Jacob Lindsay, for inviting me. That was incredible fun. You should definitely look it up, Childerberg with a B-U-R-G, not B-E-R-G, like the Bilderberg group, but the Childerberg group. Make sure you get along next year, especially if you're anywhere near Texas. That make it nice and easy for you. Getting early. That was, yeah, lots of people out camping, beers, as you'd expect. Um, we went to a brewery and there was some great musicians playing and then some stand-up comedy. Met a couple of people you might have heard of. My friend Sherry Voluntary, Bird from Friends Against Government podcast, Fagcast, now known as Timeline Earth. Scott Horton, uh, as I also met him in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I sold out of books, which is good because I don't like dragging them to the next location. I drew some funny pictures in some people's books. Someone was wearing a Bat t-shirt, Batman t-shirt. So I drew a picture that said of Batman saying, kick the state's ass, which is funny because I'm really, really terrible at drawing or anything art related. So that's my update. I've got lots of content recorded, but just getting the chance to sit down and bookend it before putting it out is sometimes a mission. I love how the air conditioning comes on now for the first time, just when I decided to record the intro to the show. Anyway, that's a lot of intro preamble for people who are interested. This is one of my favourite talks that I've given ever Lots of spontaneous humour. Some of the jokes were taken from spontaneously arrived at jokes that I improvised in previous talks, but a lot of it was just on the fly. It's hard to get a sense of how much people were laughing and a real sense of the sense of community because the microphones pointed at me, not out at the audience. But uh, if if it sounds like anyone didn't laugh at a joke, then... Just imagine that 10 times as many people, well, 10 times zero is not really that much. You get the picture. The point is I'm amazing, okay? I'm fucking amazing, okay? Got it? Right. Anyway, I loved giving this talk. I loved the atmosphere in the room. I went after Michael Rechtenwald's, no, before Michael Rechtenwald's and Jeff Deist. And uh, there's some jokes that you might not get unless I explain them. For example, the, just before me, there was a stand-up comedian that was going on about microdosing on magic mushrooms. Anyway, enough from me until you hear more from me. Here's Michael Heise introducing me. Episode 181 of the Scottish Liberty Podcast. All right, on that note, 
We're going to bring up our next speaker. Anthony Samaroff is a life coach, author. He's got his book out there. Are there any copies left, Anthony? UBI, for and against. He has been on pretty much every major libertarian podcast you can think of. He even has a whole week. We only give a day to MLK, but Anthony Samaroff gets a week on Tom Woods. So, Anthony Samaroff, everybody. Hello. It's a great honor to be here. I mean, you kind of got to say that when you come up, but I really mean it. So uh, it's just, just in case you thought it was like a routine thing that I say to everyone. Um, Michael, thanks very much for inviting me. Um, he said on that note, after mentioning the Judicial Committee holding people accountable, so I don't know what I've done wrong, but uh, <laughs> please uh, break the news gently afterwards. I'm not microdosing on mushrooms. <laughs> Although uh, I may have seen a few pink elephants in my time. Am I being detained? What I'd like to do, well, what I'd like you guys to do, I'm not doing all the work, Jesus, right? Look at the person on your left. Sorry to the people who are all the way over on the left. Now look at the person on your right. Walter Block tells a story about once asking Murray Rothbard how many libertarians he thought there were in the world. And Murray Rothbard said, uh, about 24. <laughs> Look at how many people we've brought to this room. Yeah. And being in the tradition of Mises, Rothbard, Block, you know, I think they'd all be very proud of you. Uh, I certainly am, so for what that's worth. And there's some great speakers on tonight, including my friend, the mighty Mike Rechtenwald. That should be great. <laughs> Madge Tour, Black Lives Matter. Jeff Deist, and... Uh, I hear there's some uh, rapidly balding Scottish guy that's meant to be pretty good as well, so. <laughs> We're making history here, this is your family. So, not long ago I was um, in Nevada, I was kindly invited to speak at their convention, where by the way, the Mises Caucus candidates took all seven positions on the board. I had no idea I was being invited to a historic event. And it seems like I've been invited to a historic event again because, well, that, that much is evident. So, and it's amazing to me that so many people would come together, bonded together by the principle of liberty. You know, it's a very modest principle. It's like, 
I don't know how you should run your life. Um, and But I, I, I want to be left alone to f make my own mistakes and figure out my own life. Um, I'm certainly not going to use political means that, um, to force you to live the way that I think you should live, even if I disagree with what you're doing. And I, I want to talk about more about that, but I want to talk about the the emergence of the community, the libertarian, the libertarian movement as a community as well, and how I how important I think that is going into the future if we're going to continue to make gains. There was a time when I first became a libertarian. I was very optimistic about the future. I learned a lot from YouTube. And I became well-informed, and it was addictive. Like, I wanted to know everything about everything. And I thought, wow, this is so elegant and amazing that, oh, in no time there'll be a zillion libertarians. And I have to say, over the years, I got pretty disillusioned by how difficult it was to reason people into our position. Um, has anyone here ever felt a little bit pessimistic about the state of the world? Has anyone felt optimistic about it? Great. Has anyone felt, does anyone swing like a manic depressive pendulum <laughs> from one extreme to the other? <laughs> right. Well, then you're like me, but I have to thank you because you've swung my pendulum way towards the optimistic side. And, but I want to talk about the, and, and partly it's your ability to create community and the beauty of this community. Um, I don't want to talk incessantly about myself. Well, I do want to talk incessantly about myself. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it is my favorite topic. Um, I am an extraordinary person, but, uh, but <laughs> this is about you guys, not me. So if you want, come and buy a book, and I'll sign it for you, and we can talk incessantly about myself out there. But uh, while I'm here, I will say a little bit about myself because, believe it or not, some people have no freaking idea who I am. Can you believe that? <laughs> the, the rest of you listen to Tom Woods. <laughs> a lot. I know what you're like. I'm like you very like you. So, which by the way, who by the way, dedicated a whole week to me, just saying. So, uh, <laughs> right, so some people might not be able to understand why a Scottish guy is at an American Amesis Caucus event. In fact, a lot of people just can't understand a Scottish man, quite frankly. Uh, get in my belly! These are just the crowd-pleasing jokes. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, I've probably lost most of my dignity so far with the hair, so I'm just, I'm, there's no low that I'm not, I'm, I'm willing to go, freedom, freedom, whatever. Dance, monkey, dance. There's a lot of words that mean different things in the UK and well, in Scotland specifically than, than they do here, I mean. Uh, you might like, if someone here calls you mate, well, they might be Australian, but they, you, you know, you probably assume that they're your friend. You don't want to be called mate in Scotland. All right, mate? 
you don't want to be called mate in Scotland. Because that means you pissed someone off. And pissed someone off doesn't mean got them drunk. When we say pissed, we mean, no, I got it the wrong way around. Anyway, I digress. I'm kind of a polit Speaking of freedom, uh, I'm mostly here because Michael Heiss invited me. But uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't say no. I can't say no to anything he asks me ever because he's a legendary human being. Um, but um, I, uh, I'm kind of an exile, a political exile from Scotland. If you want to go back, if I want to go back to Scotland, I need to stay in a government-approved hotel for 10 days uh, to quarantine on my own dime. Of course, it's not a dime, it's a 10 pence piece, but <laughs> you get the, the idea. Just in order to get into America, I had to go to Mexico for three and a half weeks, which would never happen. No, <laughs> Mexico was cool, but it's a minimum of two. You can't enter the USA directly from UK. I had to quarantine in Mexico, where they don't know what I did. I could have gone to a crack, not saying I did go to a crack party, but I could have. Um, I could have been swapping COVID samples from my saliva with people left and right. They didn't require a PCR test to get here in that time. Not that the PCR tests have been shown to be particularly accurate. It's a crazy world we live in. Um, now you do need a PCR test. So, ten, so just to go back and, I don't know, give my mum a hug, I need to go home, stay in a hotel for 10 days, then give her a hug, then come back for two weeks before coming back to the USA. What? So I feel like I'm not, don't ask me when, don't ask me how long I'm going to be in the States for, but one thing I can tell you is I'm not going home anytime soon. It's illegal to go on holiday if you live in the UK. You need a government approved excuse to leave. So when I was in a meet and greet in Austin, someone said to me, oh, so your government's holding their people hostage. And I was like, thank you so much for saying that because no one said that to me yet. So she had the clear clarity to see and it'd be weird because it'd be weird. What the f <laughs> I've been in America too long. <laughs> it was weird because, see, when I left, they were just starting the second lockdown in Scotland. And, well, I'm lucky I got out when I did because they're just starting to open up now. But it was a beautiful thing. It was sunny. And believe it or not, it was actually sunny in Scotland. So it's not often sunny in Scotland. The weather is something similar to, I don't know, somewhere you guys might be familiar with. Um, a little bit overcast all of the time. I feel a certain kinship with uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, weather-wise. But it, it's like they, had, they were allowing limited capacity inside the building, so everyone took their cheeky half pints of cider. Do you do pints in the US? Oz, ounces, liquid ounces of <laughs> cider. Uh, onto the street with tables, and we were drinking outside, and it was sunny, and I felt the whole world was waking up, and then they instituted a mask mandate. And we're looking left and right at each other going, 
this doesn't make sense. This is meant to be, this is, they just opened up. Why, why are the masks now? It's over. This thing is over. No, it's not over. In fact, when I was me met with Tom Woods in December, just saying, when I met, <laughs> when, <laughs> when I met, <laughs> mic drop, with Tom Woods in, De <laughs> in December, he said, he was like, I know, I can't believe how bad, I never knew how bad it was, how compliant people were. It just seems, keep, seems to keep on going and keep on going. But in hypnosis, there's a technique called fractionation, where it's if you want to bring someone very deeply into a trance, you don't just bring them all in the way to a trance because it doesn't work. You bring them slightly into the trance, then you bring them back up, then you take them in deeper, and then you bring them back up, and you take them in deeper, and that's how you really get them. And it's like a feature of the human psyche because you know we do the same when we're flirting with someone you, it can't be too intense all the time otherwise the tension's too strong and you just need to break away so you know you laugh, have a laugh then you have a get to know each other a little better then you're holding hands then back and forth until you're married with kids and say i should have flirted with this person they fractionated me into a long-term commitment hypnosis but um, it's like they're aware of this or something. I'm not saying it's a conspiracy, but anyway. Um, it, the whole thing is confusing. So, because for ages they were telling us, if you don't like it, you can't just leave. If you don't like the government, why don't you get out? I can't. I'm sorry. You've trapped me. You're stuck with me now. I can't get, you know, so you can't leave. But I have to say it's not all doom and gloom because America has definitely been the land of opportunity for me because I've got to meet all you lovely people. I'm in eight states this month. I was wasted in Scotland. What was I doing there? No one acknowledged me. So No one ever acknowledged me. <laughs> Why do you think I end up becoming a therapist? Some Freudian shit going on, something to do with my mum. <laughs> God bless her heart, her horrible black oil <laughs> pumping heart. <laughs> Sorry, mum, if you're listening. I, I said I'd sacrifice anything for a laugh, so. Um, even shit on my own mother. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> there is no line I will not cross. I'm desperate for attention. And I've sure got it here. You know, I'm very touched. And I would like everyone to experience this community because it's not that hard. If you're going somewhere, you type my friends in dot, 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 where that city is into Facebook. And if you've been in the libertarian community for a while, you probably find that one or two people have friended you from that city. Send them a message. When someone's coming to Scotland and messages me, I ask around the libertarian and see the libertarians and see if we can hold a meet up. And people have done the same for me. I don't think it's just because I wrote a book, which I'll be signing outside, just saying, by the way, just uh, saying. Uh, I don't think it's just because of that. It, it, I mean, it helps, but it's the quality of people that this movement attracts. 
That's why I want you to look left and right again and see what you're building, see what we're a part of. What's so funny? Is this a joke to you? <laughs> you, think, you think this is funny? Oh, Michael, I'll come and sit next to you. Hi, buddy. So, what was it like for you growing up? It was tumultuous. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> right, $50, please. Thank you. Next session. Ding. Okay, what are we doing? I spent most of my time here so far. So, yeah, go on Facebook, travel, don't let the bastards grind you down, connect with people. I'm going to say, um, because if you tell them you're coming, they have friends too. And the more people you know, the better. Because we're going to need to link people with other people. Yesterday, I found out that there's someone who is teaching, who is a former salesman that is applying those approaches to being convincing with our ideas. So I can link him together with the caucus people that I've met and made friends with in case they want to do a workshop. I meet people who might be useful to other people. We need to be useful to each other, and we need to create a nice home for other people to come into. Because when they leave leftism or republicanism, they're not just leaving a political ideology. It's going to put them at odds with their friends. It's going to put them at odds with their family. So we need to be there to be their new family. Like you've embraced me, a bald, obnoxious Scottish man. <laughs> I spent most of my time in here in Florida and Texas. So when I landed in my first lockdown state, which was Seattle, Washington, it was kind of freaking depressing. It was like the place was dead. I hadn't seen anything like it since I left Scotland. I don't know what it was like here. Pretty bad? So-so. So, in these dark times, it's a big consolation to be able to rely on one another. Um, as an outsider coming in, I can tell you that this is the most amazing community I've ever been a part of. And I tried a bunch of them. I don't need to tell you my whole life story. If you want to hear my whole life story, then meet me over a pint, or is it liquid ounces? <laughs> Call back. <laughs> so the, the people who are affiliated with the Mises Caucus, the beautiful tradition, Mises, Rothbard, von Bauwerk, Menger, the great thinkers that have taken their ideas and run with them, are all, most of them, at the Mises Institute. We've laid down the philosophy. We've got that stuff. Most of the work has been done, and it's still important to write popular essays to 
introduce people to our ideas. But <clears throat> along with that, now I feel like is the time to build the community to bring into, because people don't care what you know until they know that you care. Oh. <laughs> I don't know where that I got it from, but it's bloody good, so I'm gonna say it again. People don't care what you know until they know what you care, that you care, what you care. That, you <laughs> okay, I messed it up. But I think you got the point. I'm a really nice person until someone's wrong on the internet. <laughs> Anyone else like that? How dare you be wrong on the internet? There are seven billion people in the world, but it's you. You're the worst person ever. You're the cause of literally all the pain and suffering in the universe, including my own. In fact, you should pay for my therapy, having to live in a world full of people like you who are in it. <laughs> That's, why, and why do people always have to be wrong on the internet? Why can't they all have the right opinions like I do? <laughs> Before you try to change your mind, someone's mind, make sure they have one first. <laughs> we are not unlimited in our time and energy. Don't make yourself unhappy. Don't bash your head against the brick wall because the brick wall is tougher than your head is. Maybe not tougher than my mom's head. She's pretty strong-minded. But, um, and it turns you into a person that you don't like. Ask questions. Find out where the other person is coming from. See if you can make a picture of what, how they see the world in your own head first. Then once you've got a little bit of a picture, then you can find an angle in. Have you considered this? Have you considered that? Even just repeat what they said back to them. So is your point that X, Y, and Z? And either they'll go, yeah, exactly, that is my point. Or they go, no, you've not quite got it. Here's my point. That will already take a lot of the aggression out of the interaction. Then you can say, okay, so if I understand you correctly, my answer to that is this. You've already reduced the amount of hostility in the world by a little bit. I am not in charge of orchestrating the global conspiracy. Despite a person commenting on one of my YouTube channels saying, Anthony Samroff is Jewish, diversive, divide and rule, um, divide and conquer, something like that. Um, I think I would do a good job, though. So if anyone who is involved in orchestrating the global conspiracy, get in touch. But um, if I was, bracket, bracket, bracket. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not allowed. No, no, I'm allowed to. I've got plausible deniability. I'm Jewish, okay? Right. I um, just don't want to give the Prags anything to nail us to the cross on. <laughs> I didn't mean that. I didn't even mean that. I mean, it was just a Freudian slip. You know, when you say one thing, but you actually mean your mother. 
How many Freudians does it take to change a light bulb? Just two. One to change the light bulb and one to hold the peanut. I mean, your ladder. <laughs> okay, sorry. If I was in charge of the global elite, I would just get people on the internet to annoy you, to make you waste all your time bashing on your keyboard, because then you're not going to take your any effective action. So that would be a really good idea, and it would be surprising if there were some agents there just online to waste people's time. So don't. So what I would like you to do is find out what you're good at and see what you have to offer. It's not all about tearing things down. It's about coming to the table and bringing things to the world. That is the free market way, the voluntary way. We understand what the leftists don't, which is that and you have to provide value to gain value. Even when you're born, your tongue comes out your mouth. There's a breath that comes out before you breathe in. So we make things happen by building. Without building, there's no wealth to go around. Now, they don't build, they loot, as Ayn Rand put it. When you think that the method is purely political, you have to have the hubris to think you know how the education system should be run, how everyone can get health care. We have to be modest sometimes. We have to go, I don't freaking know who's going to build the roads. <laughs> I don't even know if pineapple should go on a pizza or not. I bet I fucking knew it. There's a, communi there's a communist commissar in each and every single one of you when it comes to whether or not pineapple should go on a pizza. We understand the process. We understand how markets work. We don't, you bring what you have to the table and you find out how you can synergize with others and the best ideas went out on average over time. So if it's a political solution, we have to fight with each other. I'm not saying that politics doesn't play a role. It does. If you need to be involved in elections and fight, then fight. But once the fight is over, put down the hostility and become a human being again. When you meet someone who doesn't have an opinion that you agree with, doesn't matter if they're in the pragmatist caucus. By the way, I got a cathedral caucus pin to put in my, <laughs> to put in my bag. Because I think they're freaking hilarious. Imagine them making stickers that say loser brigade and milk toast on them. <laughs> if they win, it's because they're funnier than you guys. Jesus. Get Dave Smith to design you some freaking t-shirts, people. Those memes are funny. I was tempted. So find out what way you can relate to people on. As a human to another human, ask them about their family. Ask them about their interests, their hobbies, what, what, what they get up in the for in the morning. What are they trying to create? What are they trying to build the world to the world? Then you've got that goodwill to have a conversation with. I had a good conversation today with Baron von Sarwark, the fourth. 
Tin, 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 tin. It was great. I connected with him as a human being. I don't have to agree with everything he says and everything. He's insulted people that I care about. He thinks, he thinks things that aren't true about them. But maybe if they'd had the opportunity to connect as human beings before they got into a political battle, then they'd be able to see each other as a human being and he'd know that my friends, that he's insulted, that have done more for me than almost anyone in the world, aren't the people he thinks they are. I know they're not. I've met them. But he thinks that. So we need to keep our humanity and we need to, we need to meet people on grounds other than the political. That's it. Uh, I think, you know, Jeff, you've been known for speaking about how the statist state of mind is making everything political. There's no single zone of our life that isn't governed by some political opinion anymore. It's exhausting. I love the idea of, of drawing ourselves out of these, um, this kind of quagmire we got into. So being able to connect with people on levels, not everything's about politics. Talk about the other stuff first. Then we've got the goodwill there to sort out our differences. So, let me see if there's anything I've missed. Bringing your skills to the table in a voluntary capacity. Don't be afraid to tell other people in this community what it is you do. If you're a carpenter, a gardener, a essayist, a video camerist, photographer, if you're a therapist or you help people learn to make money online, just saying. <laughs> because they might know someone that you can help. That's how we build our community. If you don't know what you have to offer yet. You can't really figure out, you can't figure it out in your head. Write down a few things that you might be interested in and try them for 20 hours each, which is about the level you take not to completely suck at a skill. And then you might see, find out out of those three to six things what you do like and what you have to contribute. So, we, there's, we've got a lot riding against us, and it's not all the statists' fault. If you come out of an 11 to 13 year mandatory med education system, and you still can't get a minimum wage job, you're not likely to have a very favorable view of the free market, are you? They stand to gain from social pro problems. If the, those people who are impoverished become middle class, uh, do you want a high five? Is that high five? High five, Mike Heiss! <laughs> Sorry, I think that means I've got five minutes left. What? I thought this was the Anthony Samaroff show. <laughs> it's my mic now. It's, it's okay. I'd, so, people, if the people who are impoverished become middle class, 
then they'll just do what middle class people do. They'll take their kids out of the public schools and put them in better private schools. They'll get health insurance so they won't need Medicare and Medicaid. They won't be so inclined to go into the army for a free education and go overseas and fight their foreign wars. Crime will go down so there'll be less need for police. What is the need of states without poverty? People think the, gover the poor need the government. It's the government that need the poor. Maybe that's why they've been destroying all your wealth for the last year. I don't know. I'm not inclined towards conspiracies, but if I was, that's a pretty plausible reason why they might do it. So, we need to become independent. We need to become self-sufficient. We need to become a shining light so that our jug flows over. And whatever situation we go into, we've got something to contribute. Not only that, we can help other people find out what they've got to contribute because we're overflowing. This is, I say it again, not glibly, the greatest community I've ever been a part of. It might be the greatest community in the world for all I know. What is the world other than a bunch of individuals in relationship to each other? We are all bringing our substance to the world. If you've got a nice clear glass, then the lake, the toxic, putrid lake that is the world, if everyone's bringing a nice clear glass of water, then it's a clear lake. That's why I don't really see a separation between my work as a helper and as a libertarian, by the way, I, to me, it's all just a big mush of oneness. It's all about personal responsibility. It's all about individual empowerment. So if someone has a problem, they should be able to come to the libertarian community because someone who knows someone, I don't know, let's just suppose that someone comes from another country as a political refugee and wants a residency here. Um, I'm not saying anyone does, but supposing they did, <laughs> Could they go to the libertarian community and find out, so, get linked to someone who knows someone who knows someone who can help them? Whatever it is, you, when people come in to meet you, you create such a welcoming atmosphere, they'll know that they can come to you to solve their problems. And that's how we free the world, by freeing ourselves, creating an example of high quality, voluntary relationships. <laughs> that don't involve the coercion of the state. If you live free, then you create a free world. This is not the time to be closing down. I say the more they lock down, the more we open up. Open up. When they lock down, we 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 open up. I always wanted to be a rock star. This is my 
back up. So that's my stadium moment. Thank you very much for participating. And thank you very much for having me.